I have come to discover, as, as many of you have, that kids are damaged. I don't know whether any of your kids were damaged, but one particular body part on my kids seems to be damaged from time to time, and that's their ears. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> it happens with husbands too. You know, it, it is... It's an amazing thing how the ears work. You can say something like, and, and I think we could say this from anywhere in the house, quietly, we just have to say ice cream. <laughs> and there are three little kids in that room that fast no matter what they're doing. It's, it's a miracle. I think they have the house bugged or something, a little spy gear. But you say something like, would one of you clean the litter box? And it's like they don't hear. It's, it's, it just goes completely over there. The TV's enthralling or whatever they're doing. And it, it just, you know, that's just the way it is. Susie and I this week, we, I came home one of the evenings and we were talking quietly in the kitchen, just talking through our day and all the things that happened and uh, a few little things with the kids. And suddenly I look over and there's a little one just sort of inching their way over like this. And she's like, you were talking about me. And we're like, well... We were talking about everybody. We, and she's like, I'm going to get something, huh? I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, maybe, but not what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> the good news is, with some, some correction and some consistent correction, an amazing thing happens to the ear canals and they open up. And so once, once your kids know that you're serious and that you, what your expectations are, they learn to hear your voice, right? And it, it's a wonderful thing. I actually don't think we as adults are very much different. We hear what we want to hear. We don't hear what we, we don't want to hear. And it can be a challenge because we filter things. And we, we come today to our reading service and we want to read through the passages that we've been studying for two months on the seven churches. And one of the themes of these passages that I want to introduce our reading with is the idea of hearing. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. I just want to give us something to think about before we listen through God's Word. Revelation 1 verse 3, a verse that we read at the beginning of the series, but very appropriate at the end of the series to circle back and read the same word, same verse again. Revelation 1 verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, which we're going to do today. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And right from the start, we see blessed are those who hear and who keep. And in the the Hebrew mind, those two things were not separate. For us, we can hear about something and decide what to do. For them to really listen to something was to do it. That was the proof that you heard. And, and you know, for our kids, the same thing. Did you hear me? Then why aren't you doing it? We, we tie actions to the proof of that. And John here, the Holy Spirit through John is saying, blessed is, is the one who reads these words, but those who hear and keep it. And then just look through the seven churches. Something we saw at the end of every church. Chapter 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 2, verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 28, or 27. I'm sorry. I have the wrong verse there. Um, 
29, thank you. Uh, uh, my eyes were skipping it. 29, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 3, verse 6, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Every church ends by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And this isn't just some old nice little thing like, oh, you have ears, you should listen. And we, we've said that to our family, our kids before. You have ears, use them. But this is more than that. And, and we have to understand that coming into today's reading. Whenever the phrase, he who has an ear, let him hear was used, this was a specific way of saying this is a prophetic utterance. This is something that is a word from God that better be listened to. We see that all the way in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah, the prophet says, Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. And he's talking about whether or not they would do the prophecy. Ezekiel, Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak to you, receive in your heart and hear with your ears. Later in Ezekiel, he talks about those that aren't listening. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see but see not, who have ears to hear but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. And then over and over in Jesus' ministry, he uses the same phrase. And it's always when he's just given a teaching that requires a difficult response. So it's always a word from the Lord confronting something in life and it's requiring a difficult response Matthew eleven fifteen, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's right after he said, John could have been Elijah. I am the Messiah, but you missed it. He says, listen, pay attention. Matthew thirteen nine, right after the parable of the soils, it says, are you receptive to hearing God's word? Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. Matthew 13, Luke 14, on and on and on, this phrase is repeated, he who has ears, let him hear. So as we come to the reading of God's Word, I challenge you to think of three things when you hear that phrase. One of the things that it meant as a prophetic utterance is that this was divinely important. This was divinely important. When God says, why don't you listen to me? This is important. It's important. It's something to take notice of. And so whenever we hear that, we need to pay attention. The second thing is, as a prophetic utterance, whenever it says to him who has ears, when God is saying to him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, he is expressing divine authority. And that goes with divine importance, but he's expressing divine authority. I have the right to say this because I know this is my church. And the third thing to remember, whenever that phrase is used in God's Word, it demands an action. It demands a response. And so we come to the reading of the seven churches today and, and reviewing what we've been through, and it demands a response. And, and my question as we come to it is, will we be a people that have ears to hear? A people that pay attention to what is God's word to his church. As we study, it's, God's, it's God preparing his church for difficult times. It's God telling them what they're doing well, telling them what they need to improve on so that they can be his church in a culture that is anti-Christian. Sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? And so these words are exactly what we need to hear today if we will listen to them, if we will listen to his assessment. We open the series by saying, what if, what if Jesus walked in today? What if he sat in one of the empty seats and just watched what happened at Village? 
what would his assessment be at the end of the day? So as we read and as we listen, let's listen to his assessment of the church as a whole. And let's ask ourselves, what do we need to learn? We're going to do something a little different in our reading service today. At the end of each church, we're going to pause for maybe 30, 40 seconds and just give a time of reflection. Because if we go through all seven churches like this, we, we miss it. To, to have ears to hear, we have to stop and listen. And so today, after each church, we want to listen. I encourage you to look at your notes. There's space uh, under each church that you can write something that the Holy Spirit is challenging you with. Write something that God is saying. And, and keep that. And as we go through this, let's go through this prayerfully. And ask God, reveal to us what you would reveal to us. Let me pray for us, and then we'll read his word. Dear Lord God, I pray that as we come to your word, as we come to a reading of your letter to the church, your commendations to the church, your criticisms of the church, your instructions to the church, Lord, I pray that this morning you would open our ears, clean out anything that's stopping us from listening, that we can be your church accomplishing your purpose in all that we do. We ask for your blessing on the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom of priests to his God. And father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet, saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like 
flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze and refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Ephesus. Christ wants a church that is consumed by the first love for Christ that motivates faithful service and infiltrates everything it does. Revelation 2, 1-7. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you have first had. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you first did. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, who I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Smyrna. Christ wants a church that remains completely faithful to him, even in the face of trials, ridicule, and persecution. Chapter 2, verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Pergamum. Christ wants a church that will guard against false teaching as they boldly stand for him without compromise. Revelation 2, 12 to 17. And the angel to the church, and to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast to my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. 
If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Thyatira. Christ wants a church that will not tolerate compromise and immorality so that it can do his work. Revelation 2, 18 to 29. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Sardis. Christ wants a church, church that wakes up to sin in their own lives and repents, not relying on external appearances for life. He wants a holy church. Revelation 3, 1 through 6. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before the Father, before my Father, and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Philadelphia. Christ wants a church that sees his work and does it no matter the obstacles. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, 
I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will, and they will learn that I have loved you, because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Laodicea. Christ wants a church that relies on him and needs him in every part of life. Revelations three fourteen through 22. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered. And I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counseled you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see." Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Christ wants a church that remembers him through his ordinances. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20 And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Acts 2.41 So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Romans 6.3-4 Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. 
1 Corinthians 11:23 through 33 For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said This is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying This cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be considered guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 1 Corinthians ten sixteen through 17 The cup of blessing that we bless... Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. The Throne in Heaven, Revelations 4. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had an appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, Seated on, the th- seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature, with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle, in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings and full of eyes all around and within. And day and night. They never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, 
to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Amen. To him who has ears, let the... Let him hear what the Spirit says to Village Bible Church. What an incredible passage. As we look at it, did you notice where it begins and where it ends and what's all the way through it? The Lamb. The Lamb of God. It's actually not about us. It's about Him. It's about His church, what His purpose is, what He wants for the church. And I pray that we hear that. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. On the last page of your notes, there's a list of ten marks of a godly church. And it's really taking all of the things out of Revelation 2 and 3 and distilling them down to ten items because there's some commendations and some instructions. And I want to end by just reading that list together and then praying for Village Bible Church and praying for our church as a people of God that we will be His church, and not my church, not your church, but the church of God. Christ wants a church that loves God above all else, resulting in an act of love for each other. 
that puts a priority on faithful ministry, that knows God's Word, holding to sound doctrine and confronting false teaching, that boldly and publicly stands for God and trusts Him through difficulties, that stands for God's truth without compromise in a sinful culture, that stands against immorality and guards against worldliness, that is holy, asking God to reveal their own sin with willing repentance, that by faith attempts great things for a great God as He leads, that intentionally relies on God for everything, that remembers and proclaims the Gospel through baptism and the Lord's Supper. What a list. That's my prayer for village, that we would be those ten things. So we read that last phrase in your notes. Christ wants a loving, serving, Bible-knowing, faithfully enduring, trusting, not compromising, sin-defeating, holy, repenting, stepping out in faith, Christ-relying, Christ-remembering church. I'd go there. I pray that that is our goal. What we'd like to do in response, and hopefully you wrote down some notes for your personal study this week, but in response to the reading of God's Word, I'd like to just spend a few moments in prayer, and then we'll have worship team come back up, and we'll sing a closing song together. But I'd like to respond to God by praying for Village Bible Church. Maybe pray an item on that list. Pray that we would stand strong for God, or by faith attempt great things for God, or love God above all else. But just a sentence or two, I'm going to ask you to pray. And pray loud enough where we can hear and then all close. But just a, a couple sentences. Let's lift Village Bible up to God Almighty in prayer. And by doing so, we're acknowledging we are His church and our submission to Him. I'll start and then just as you, as you want, please join. And then I'll close. Dear Lord God, we earnestly desire to be Your church. Lord, I pray that Your Word would burn deep in our hearts that it would encourage us, that it would convict us, that it would inspire us, Lord, to be a church that represents you well, that is your body. Lord God, we worship you as your church. You are holy, you are worthy, you are righteous. Lord, you secured our salvation with your sacrifice on the cross. You're the reason we're here. Lord, help us not to forget that. You have purposes for us. You have work for us to do. And you want us to step out and do them as your church. Lord, I'm excited about what you're doing here at Village. May we have your heart as we pursue your work. We worship you, God. In Jesus' name.